Welcome to the Passive Income MD Podcast, where we talk about creating your ideal life through multiple streams of income. I'm your host, Peter Kim. If you enjoy hearing about this stuff, make sure to hit subscribe so I can bring it to you every week. Now let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, hope you've had a great week. I know that this past year has been crazy and nuts for everyone. I mean, that's just a given. And I don't think there's anyone who hasn't been impacted in some way by the events of 2020 and coming into 2021. And I think it's natural for us to think of the negatives and they're there. And I'm, it's not, I'm not denying that. But I hope you've taken some time to think about the positives that have come out of this period. I mean, for myself, you know, I've learned some new skills. I've done some new things. Um, one of the coolest things that I have to look back on and say, like, you know, why this has been a powerful year for me has been the ability to connect with people online through virtual summits, through interviews, through podcasts. Uh, yes, you know, tons of video conferencing and Zoom calls and things like that. It's been cool. I mean, I've been able to connect with people all over the country, in fact, all over the world uh, through all this new technology. And one of the coolest ways that I've done that is through these virtual summits and conferences, like I mentioned. I've interviewed a ton of people for all these events that I've put on. I've also been interviewed and been part of different summits and conferences, and it's been amazing. I think it's one of the best ways to absolutely learn as a participant. And for those who don't know, uh, we are launching our second annual Leverage and Growth Summit for Physicians. Um, If you wanna learn how to reclaim your time, really create your ideal life and career, create multiple streams of income, uh, become an entrepreneur, start a business, these kind of things. You're going to hear from over 35 physicians uh, as part of the summit who have done just that. They're going to share their stories, their challenges, their tips, advice, and strategy, all uh, pretty much in a 30-minute interview. So it's all free too. So if you have the chance, head over to leverageandgrowth.com. We also have a Facebook community, and you can check that out. All these amazing things are going to happen uh, March 22nd through 28th. Even though that's when the conference starts, we actually have our community up and running and people are connecting and networking and it's an awesome opportunity to meet other people in this space. So I recommend that you head over there. This interview that you're going to hear today is of a physician from last year's conference. He's an amazing physician who has so many different interests, but this, you know, in this interview, we actually focus on one of his major interests, which is the whole e-commerce business. Now, he has been successful in running that business while being a full-time anesthesiologist. So check out this interview. I hope you enjoy, and I hope to see you at the summit. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for being here, Amir. How you doing? Hey, pretty good, Peter. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I really appreciate this because this is kind of something that I've always been interested in. I mean, I've been doing it kind of like on an amateur basis kind of for a long time, whether it's been on eBay and selling and these kind of things. But I think what people really want to know about is you know, we'll talk about where you're at today, but I'd love to kind of start talk at the beginning and kind of hear your journey through. So you're an anesthesiologist. So you obviously went through medical school and through all the training, like when did all these kind of like entrepreneurial kind of like thoughts and ideas start popping up in your head? When was that? Well, actually that started probably in 2000 when I got my medical school rejection letter <laughs> and I'm trying to find out what am I going to do the rest of my life? So you know, I started looking at all kinds of different things, all different ways to make money, including like being a librarian, personal trainer, uh, all kinds of things. I was selling cards. I was selling watches. Some of these were online also. And, 
they had something back then. They still call it the same thing, retail arbitrage on eBay. You could buy stuff even in bulk on eBay and sell it, you know, for a higher amount individually if you wanted to, or just buy other products that aren't marketed well and then sell it on eBay. So I got into medical school eventually. And then I started in 2002 after a nice little two year hiatus from school. And, uh, you know, it's kind of hard being a broke medical student. So I was trying to find some way, how can I make money out of my one bedroom apartment while still going to medical school? That's how it kind of all started. It started with eBay because Amazon wasn't really that big of a deal back then like it is now. So you're finding items somewhere else and then throwing them on eBay and, and again, making the difference on the, the cost and, and whatever the purchase price was, right? Right, right. And so I would just, you know, spend my time on the internet. Like, for example, I don't know if you've heard of the pre-workout supplement hydroxycut or benadryne. This is way mm-hmm. back in the day. So uh, I could buy them in bulk, like get 50 to 100 at a time for maybe 17 bucks, but you could turn around and sell them on eBay for 30, 40 bucks. So I'm like basically doubling my money with whatever student loan money I had at the time, which was not much. So, uh, you know, even bringing in a couple hundred bucks a month was actually a big deal. Uh, then I started scaling it up with, uh, you know, study guides and things like that, that I'd put together. And then at some point I was peaking, making like between two and five grand a month while in medical school. And uh, once I went, once I got into residency, they started paying me at least somewhat decently. I kind of put that to rest and started focusing on anesthesia more than anything else. So, and then the, the, now I have this like resurgence in e-commerce because uh, I kind of have this personal goal of being a digital nomad and seeing if I could just travel around the world. And if I run businesses, what type of businesses can you run with a laptop and some Wi-Fi? And so on top of doing like digital, having a digital marketing agency, uh, managing funds, this is another thing. E-commerce store is another way to do it. So is that, have you, do you know people that have been successful in kind of building that digital nomad lifestyle like you've talked about through e-commerce online businesses and things like that? Not too many people that are physicians, uh, unless they're doing like locums or something. But you'd be surprised, a lot of these uh, millennials or people in their early 20s, they kind of, they don't have their faith in traditional schooling and education. They came out, you know, they finished college and they came out, we're in the middle of a recession, like 09, 2010, 2011. So they're scrambling for anything that they could do without a degree. And so they go out there and try to find the arbitrage opportunities. You know, they'll, if they do a marketing agency, they might white label somebody else's work and just try to sell online. Or they'll go to Walmart and buy stuff when it's 50% off and list it on eBay or Amazon. So now some of these guys have scaled it up to where, you know, they do have, have a digital nomad lifestyle and they're okay just living off of four or $5,000 a month, but they're traveling the world. And, and to them, that's really what matters. They're not trying to max out 401ks or anything like that, or, you know, pay for private school. They're, they're in their mid twenties traveling the world. So those are the people that I know that have successfully done it. They, that's how they've done it. I mean, you're different though. You're an anesthesiologist. You're making a good living there. And you are trying to, I mean, honestly, replace that kind of income with this. So you're not going to Walmart buying stuff on half off sale. Like, what does it look like for you? Right. So that's not scalable from a time point of view. And so to get your time back and scale, you actually have to have a big team. Being a one man show, you can only get so far. 
So for example, some people they're staying at home or you have a, a stay at home mom or dad, they're trying to do everything themselves. Okay. Maybe they might make two grand, four grand, something like that doing that retail arbitrage model. But if you really want to scale, you need a team of people that know what they're doing and everything has to be done online, which means you got to find the arbitrage online by create uh, vendor accounts with people like Walmart, Home Depot. There's thousands of companies out there you could do this with. Uh, get wholesale accounts with other vendors. It can be anything, electronics, home goods, it doesn't matter. And then a lot of it just comes down to math and using what's now available is all this third-party software. It actually helps you analyze the market faster. Whereas back in 2002, when I jumped in, I had to do all this manually. You know, I'm up like, you know, till two o'clock in the morning trying to figure out, will this work, will that work? And calculating the fees on a, on a calculator, you know? So now this is all, you just push a button and you import some data and you can kind of figure out where it is and start going. So how does, how does somebody get started in this? Let's, I mean, you've already kind of spotted out a bunch of different things. And to me, since I'm not necessarily in that field, some of it, having vendor accounts and things like that doesn't totally make sense to me. Like, let's just start from the beginning. If somebody wants to get into this, what does it look like and how can they get started before they even build a team? Like, what does it look like? What kind of products are they looking at? Like, how do they buy it from one place, source it? How do they sell it? And just kind of that basic idea. Well, you know, if they have anything that they want to sell, I would say just to get the experience, maybe just find some items that you might put up for donation or something like that and actually start with eBay because it's a lot less complicated. eBay is kind of like just a level up from Craigslist. So, you know, so start with eBay, I would say, and just get used to like, you know, getting money in your PayPal account, creating a listing, putting a picture on there, seeing how you know, customers or potential buyers are asking you questions. And that makes you just realize, hey, there is a customer service component. There is competition on there. You might put something, you think it's, a, you know, 20 bucks is a fair price. And you're like, oh, everybody else is selling for 10. This isn't going to work. That at least, at least you start realizing, oh, there's competition out there. I need to have this price accordingly. And you could, so you could go into it in eBay, which is easier platform than Amazon to start. And you at least start figuring out, hey, this is what I'm going to be dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. This is what it's like to be an online e-commerce owner. So then if you want to scale up from that, you know, you really got to put together a team. And if you want to go to Amazon, it's a little bit, they're way more refined. They have way more rules, way more regulations, but they're also 55% of the e-commerce world in the U.S. right now. Like literally, if anybody buys anything on the internet, 55% chance it's coming from Amazon. So has more than half the market right now. So if you want to scale up, you need to work with Amazon at the end of the day. And so then you could go there and like, okay, well, maybe you don't want to do product research. Okay, well, you need to pay somebody. Oh, you don't want to do customer service. Okay, you're going to pay somebody. Okay, you don't want to just sell two or three things a week. You need to sell two, 300. Okay, you might need a warehouse now. <laughs> so you start, you start adding all the logistics and you slowly start adding the team and you can either figure it out as you go like that. Uh, I'm sure if you go on some YouTube videos, type in how to start a Amazon store, people will tell you how to do it. But if you really want to scale it and turn this into, you know, passive six figures, even seven figures, uh, you really got to build a pretty good team. So what kind of items are people selling on <laughs> these stores? I'm just curious. 
you know, it's all kinds of things like anything that, that you've bought on there uh, for yourself. I mean, I'm sure you've got Amazon Prime account, just like half, half of the United States. So, I mean, you can even buy food there now. So, you know, no, no reason to even go shopping. Uh, right now, what's hot uh, because this uh, corona pandemic, anything that's essential items for the home that you most people would actually go to Walmart for, people are just buying it on Amazon and they're paying a premium for it. They're not, they don't have to drive and it gets delivered. But uh, I've sold everything from like tweezers, men's underwear, even uh, anti-snoring chin straps, uh, weightlifting uh, bracelets that go on your ankles that you can connect to cables in the gym. Like, you know, according to the algorithms, this is where there, there's some margins with low competition. That's why we were selling these things. So, but literally you can sell anything. You sell water bottles if you want. So. I mean, are you holding an inventory of these like in your garage? Like what are people doing? Are they buying it, storing it up there and then trying to sell them off or what's the best way to go about doing this? Yeah. So there's a couple, there are three different ways to go into the e-commerce world. At least that's how I structure it in my mind. So uh, there's one method is called drop shipping. Another one is called wholesale private label. And another one is just straight up private label. So let's go for the first one. So with drop shipping, this means you never hold any inventory. You're selling somebody else's product. And that's where, for example, you might have a vendor, uh, you might have a wholesale account with Walmart. And let's say they're selling pillows for five bucks, but you notice that same pillow on Amazon is 10 bucks. There's a little bit of arbitrage there. And so you could list it on Amazon. Once you, once you sell it for 10 bucks, buy it from Walmart, put in that person's address and name, you never touch the inventory. You're kind of just the middleman. So that's the lowest risk because there's no inventory, but also the lowest profit margins. Uh, then the next level is wholesale private label. So what this means is there actually are existing brands. It could be electronics, could be home goods. People are searching these people on Amazon. They're well-established brands. You're actually going to talk to them and become a reseller, which that's a little bit of a bare entry to do. Like you had to really, show that you've already been selling successfully before you can even make that relationship. And they probably want you to buy tens of thousands of products at a time sometimes. And at this point you are going to store inventories. Now you can either use Amazon's warehouse, which is called fulfillment by Amazon. Amazon helps you out a lot with that for a fee. Of course, nothing's for free. Uh, or you can have your own warehouse. More and more third party warehouses are popping up. So you can do that. And when you're going to warehouse these items, then list it on Amazon. And as the items sell, either Amazon will ship it or your third party warehouse person will put the label on there and ship it. So that's called wholesale private label. And margins can be a little bit better, but now you're sitting on inventory. So you really need to make sure you got uh, all your algorithms right. And uh, you know, in case something takes 90 days to sell, just kind of be ready for that. So that's the second way of doing it. The third way of doing it is called private label. This means you have your own brand that nobody's heard of. You got to do a product launch. It could be something like, let's say Peter Kim's luxury pillows. You know, let's say there's something like that and you put your face on the pillow. Everybody's going to buy it. You think maybe not. <laughs> we'll see. No, no one would buy that, but that's okay. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so you're going to go, you're going to talk to manufacturers. You know, you could get good textile stuff from, uh, India, Pakistan, Vietnam, China, and you're going to build it from scratch, get samples sent to your house, test it out, see, okay, this is what I want. You're going to tell them to mass produce it. You're going to get a bunch of inventory and then you're going to list it. 
And that one takes the most amount of marketing because nobody knows who you are. But if you create a brand, you're looking at, you know, 20 to 50% margins. And if you can sell these things fast enough, I mean, you're making those type of returns every month, but that's the, that's the, uh, the option with the most amount of risk because people don't know who you are. They're not searching for your brand and uh, you still got to go out there and convince people to buy from you and you're holding inventory. So those are the three different models. Uh, which one, which one of those do you focus on? Uh, you know, I like private label for myself but it's faster for me to scale up with wholesale private label. I like that one because most people don't know how to become a reseller for these brands. There's a lot of negotiation involved and that barrier to entry keeps out a lot of competition. So sometimes I can get in with a brand. There might only be three or four other people on all of Amazon selling. So imagine if I become the fifth person, I technically can have one fifth of the market on Amazon. So let's say, brand X is selling a hundred thousand a month on Amazon and I got 20% of that market. That's 20 grand gross coming to me. And I know it's going to sell because you can see on Amazon, Amazon, the software will show you how much is actually selling for that brand name and that item. So that's kind of, that's kind of what I like because competition is lower. Margins are higher. You just have to hold inventory. Plus a lot of my friends want me to help them with that too. And they want to scale up and it's actually more scalable than dropship or private label. So if somebody wants to scale, that probably is the most scalable model out of the three. Yeah, so I think a physician, let's say a physician came to you and said, I, I wanna build a business like this on the side that creates extra income, however, that might, however much that might be. I'm a busy physician, I've got a family, I've got these other things, right? I, I want a life as well. I don't wanna sit there kind of on, online just running a business <laughs> when I come home from work. What right. out of these options, like, what's out there for them? Like which one of these would you recommend and you think would uh, be the best and most effective to set up? So physicians are kind of in a different, they're kind of in a different ballpark because they don't have that much time, but they have more money than a lot of these other people that are in the game. So some of these other people that are doing drop shipping, you know, if they make 500 or $1,000 a month, sometimes they consider that a success, but you know, what doctor wants to put in all this time to make a thousand, two thousand bucks, like it's probably not significant until you're making at least five, 10 grand a month, right? So they really need to do either high volume drop shipping or they need to do wholesale private label. And they probably should start with a team. Um, and then, you know, build, it might take them a couple months or a year to put together a team of people and go forward that way. And, through trial and error with different employees or contractors, they could kind of figure it out and scale from there. Um, so that's one way to do it. I'm helping some other people just use my team right now. Some people see some returns that I'm getting, they want me to help them. So uh, I'm put together teams for them or they use my own internal team and they could scale up like that too. So those are probably the two best ways. If somebody just wants to become familiar with anything, they just want to see what it's about. They just want to learn about it. I still suggest just sell something on eBay and just go through the motion. Sell a, anything, whatever's on your kitchen counter today, you haven't touched it in a week, sell it on eBay, see how it goes and see if you want to put together a team for that or not. So that's kind of how I would, I would go about it. So let's talk about real quick. I think you mentioned it in pieces before, but name who are the core essential team members that you have to kind of put together. Like, what does that mean? You keep saying team, like yeah. who does that consist of? 
Well, for sure, you need somebody to actually manage the day-to-day of the store. So you need some type of an administrator that understands the working of Amazon and can help you list products, remove products, keep track of inventory. Uh, And before you even do that, what product are you going to pick? So you got to find out what type of products you want to sell. So you need somebody that understands research at a very high level. Because if not, you're going to end up spending a lot of time in breaking even. So product, somebody has to be doing product research. If you're going to be doing drop shipping or this wholesale model, who's going to help you get those vendor accounts? So you can do it yourself or you need to find somebody that has already done it. They can go there and create these vendor accounts in your name and trust you with the credit card and all that kind of stuff. Then, you know, if you're not doing, if you're not letting Amazon do all the fulfillment, like say, let's say if you're doing eBay or something like that, or, you had your own warehouse full of stuff. Who is going to uh, actually do the fulfillment? So you got to figure out that aspect of it too. So if it was in your living room, I mean, you might be going to the, to the uh, post office after work or whatever like that, or every other day. But if not, you need to find somebody else to do that. So uh, then also for customer service and, and returns, uh, Amazon, Amazon for sure will penalize you if you're spending more than a couple hours before you get to a message. So they keep track of everything. And then your all your rankings will just go to crap like in a week. So you need to have somebody basically full time on customer support, any refunds, anything like, for example, part of the algorithm is if you have more than 4% refund rate, you're pretty much going to be out of the game. They might even suspend your account. So you have to be very careful on making people very happy with the customer support, squashing any questions, returning items, giving them their money back. It doesn't happen that often, but you know, some of that has to do with product selection. Don't, don't, you know, buy some crappy product and think you can sell it online and it falls apart when they open the box, you know? So, you know, that goes back to the product research people. So, so all these people is what it would it take. So from research to fulfillment and then the back end customer service, you need all those people. Awesome. So from somebody wants to do this like on their own, where do they learn to do this stuff? You said, I think it's just YouTube, Google, are there any specific sources that you can kind of talk about or point people to? Oh, uh, you know, just like we have conferences, there'll be conferences also being held for sellers for Amazon, for example. Uh, you know, so you can meet up there and meet other sellers and they'll have, you know, a two or three day and go over some basics. You can do that. Uh, believe it or not, uh, YouTube is like amazing. <laughs> you can learn so much on YouTube. Uh, I would start off with YouTube because it's free and you can do it, you know, basically on demand when you want. You don't have to take a flight to Vegas or anything for a conference. So that's if people want to learn about it, that's the, probably the best way to do it. Right. And how quickly do you think somebody could get something like this up and running if they were truly motivated to do this as a physician, knowing the time constraints and things like that, but they said, Hey, I'm going to go for this. How long do you think that would take to get something that's meaningful in terms of income and and that sort of thing? Hmm. Where they really are getting good numbers. They've made a bunch of mistakes. Um, I'll probably say six months to a year if they're really dedicated to have something running smoothly. So that's kind of, that's kind of what I've been seeing. Okay. I mean, that's, that's not too bad actually for someone in terms of time commitment, you know, especially considering some of the other options that people might have to create other streams of income. And you were saying like what means decent is for somebody 
you could see, again, it, it all depends, I guess. It's, it's a business at the end of the day. But seeing people make six figures from this as a physician, is that a stretch at all? I don't think so. Because we already have uh, doctors that are going to be hitting that possibly by the end of this summer. And they're, they're just starting this year. So that's going to be pretty awesome. Those are some of the people that, have, that are working with me and just using my team. But uh, I mean, you could go really fast. If you pump in a lot of, a lot of money into it and you got a winning product or, or a good uh, wholesale relationships, I mean, you could really scale this up fast, six, seven figures. Yeah. So what does your life look like today? Cause you're still practicing anesthesia. When I talked to you before you were on call. So no, what does yeah. that, what, what does it look like when you're practicing? How much time are you spending doing that? Um, I know you do some other business ventures as well, but kind of like how much time are you spending on this e-commerce stuff? And again, what's the point of all this for you? I mean, was it just extra income, the freedom? You just really enjoy doing this stuff. I just kind of want to know all of that. Yeah. So we're in quarantine right now. So most of the time, I think 80% of our volume is gone, but you know, we put in, we put in some time, but even when in the hospital, like there's a lot of downtime in between cases or in between epidurals. If I'm on OB, sometimes I'm on trauma call and there's no trauma. I'm just sitting there for 24 hours. You know, So you have a lot of downtime, not as much FaceTime with patients as people think, at least, at least with my practice, it's like that. So, uh, I feel like I have a lot of free time, especially being single with no kids. <laughs> that, that helps a lot too. So that with commerce, you know, I'm probably putting in now 15 hours a week, something like that, but I already have my team. So I spend 15 hours just communicating with my team, you know, managing about four to six stores of my own and then a couple other stores for other people that wanted to partner with me. So maybe like 10 stores total right now. And uh, that's 15 hours a week. So that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. And when you start, you know, if you only have two, three hours a week, okay, that's fine. It'll just take you a long, longer to get there. So uh, that's pretty much, I think that's pretty much reasonable. Yeah. What's your goal with all of this? I mean, you're doing pretty well as a physician. You're doing all these other things. Like where are you trying to go with this? You know, I always like challenge and I like personal growth and I just like to go into things and just, you know, dominate that industry. So, you know, at first it was real estate and now I have my uh, brother, he's running most of that for me, about 90%. Then uh, I think we we're talking about my biotech fund. I wanted to do private equity. So we knocked that out and I'm going to bring in a co-manager with me probably next year to help with that. And then e-commerce, I already have my team in place. So it doesn't take that much time. So uh, I'm starting to, I'm starting to only want to scale up businesses where I don't, physically have to be somewhere. So uh, like, for example, I had a med spa too for a couple of years. I sold it uh, in 2017. That med spa required me to be there for, uh, you know, hormone replacement, Botox fillers, all that kind of stuff. And I didn't like that. I really didn't like going there. I never, I'm not used to being in a clinic. I think I'm spoiled being an anesthesiologist with no clinic, but so I didn't like that. So I sold it. So now that that experience kind of helped me refigure out my priorities in life. It's like, how can I still get personal growth and do business and create ventures, but, you know, do it on my own time and then do it from wherever I want. And so these are some of the options that I see are the most viable in the, in the market that I enjoy. So that's, that's pretty much it. But I think I'm, I'm always going to work. I mean, I know a lot of people talk about retiring and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not the type of person that will ever retire. I'm always going to be doing something. Cause I think that's, it helps give somebody like purpose in life and, you know, 
you get a sense of achievement when you succeed in this. It's like you need a couple of headaches in life and, and to get up and work on them and overcome them. And then you feel good, you know? So, um, that's kind of, that's at least how I'm wired. Uh, I think everybody needs some purpose in life. And if it doesn't come from their work, then it needs to come from something else. Could be from, you know, giving back to charities, which is fine too. Not, I do some of that too. Maybe people just focus on their family, you know, wh whatever it is, but they need some reason to get up in the morning. And for me, this is pretty much it. Well, you're currently, you're currently still working as an anesthesiologist. So, you right. know, when you probably don't need to, so is it just out of sense of kind of purpose in that as well? Yeah. I mean, this is, it's really fun to do anesthesia. I mean, it's kind of like you show up in your, to work in your pajamas and a hat. Uh, there's free food at the hospital all the time. <laughs> you're basically, that's, that's your, that's your hospital, not mine, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, I still look forward to going in every day. So if, uh, if that changes and I don't look forward to going in every day, then yeah, we need to flip the switch on that. So that's kind of, that's kind of what I think about anesthesia and it really doesn't even get in the way of doing all these other things. So it's pretty cool. I mean, once you're, it's like, it's like with ER work. I mean, once you're done, you're done. You don't have, you don't really take that stuff home or have to continue charting or anything like that. So it's kind of, it's, I'm just kind of in a unique position because I am an anesthesiologist. I can do these other ventures and uh, still have a lot of time for myself. Well, I, I know that life as well. So <laughs> yeah, I think it's all about having choices. I think at the end of the day, knowing that you can move from this to this, depending on situation, depending on your goals, at different times in your life, you might want something different, right? So right. it sounds like you're moving towards that. Now, you mentioned some mistakes in the past and you've been really open about them, but what are some of the biggest challenges that you would really caution somebody, you know, who was, who was thinking about going into this? Like you say, hey, these challenges are going to be there and maybe these are things you should look out for. And this is how you might look, you know, how to avoid those things or kind of shortcut past that? Well, let's see. You know, I always tell people whenever they go into a business venture, if you don't have a mentor that's been there, done that, you're going to have a hard time. You're going to, you're going to basically have to learn by trial and error how to get over the headaches. So once I learned this thing about just getting a good mentor, pretty much things have been smooth in almost any venture that I've been in. Even the med spa had mentors from day one and consultants from day one before I bought it. And so everything went really smooth. Uh, same for anything, even with the, the biotech fund, I already had other hedge fund managers that were mentoring me and helping me figure out negotiations and strategies. Um, and for the e-commerce, I'd already learned a good amount back in 2002 to 2006. And now it's actually just easier for me because there's all this software that didn't exist before. And so I put together a team pretty quick, uh, and a team of people that already manage other stores too. So they already knew the pitfalls. So again, just partnering with people that have experience, that's really the key to be successful in anything in life. You know, just partner with somebody that knows what's going on. So you don't have to figure it out yourself. So that's, but some of the headaches, I mean, for sure will be like, I mean, Amazon loves to suspend stores. You do anything that's shady or looks fraudulent or even let's say you're doing too well, but too fast, they will just, suspend your account, for example. They don't even have to tell you why. Then you got to figure it out. Maybe even get an attorney. <laughs> so it's like, that's just one example. Like if you had somebody that knew that, they'd be like, hold on a second. Uh, profits are coming in a little bit too fast. Slow this thing down a little bit. Or like, oh, you know, Amazon doesn't like those type of products. You might want to start off doing this type of product category. And then down the road, after you have one year experience with Amazon, then look into these more riskier categories to sell on. So 
things like that. I mean, that they're, they're all over the place. There's, there's risk with every product that you sell. So uh, you just have to be careful of that and then manage your money right and get the math right uh, when you're, when you're doing your product research. So. Well, thanks for sharing that. I know that people are listening to this and they probably want to reach out to you or find out more about you, your story, kind of how to get involved in some of these things. What's the best way they can reach out to you as a resource? Uh, you know, I check my LinkedIn a lot. So if somebody's on LinkedIn, they could find me on there. Uh, I don't know if you have like some show notes or anything like that. You could put my email on there. So abaluchmd at gmail.com. Those are some two ways. I'm on Facebook, but I try to limit my social media to 20 minutes a day right now. So, <laughs> so I can do other things. You can hit me up on Facebook too. Awesome. I'm sure people will. So yeah, I'll, I'll throw that um, email up on the, the speaker bios here. So and show okay. notes, it'll be out there. Uh, so, okay. So let's leave people here with your number one tip for getting started with an e-commerce store, kind of getting along this path. Do you have one for them? I would say do your research first before you even get into the industry. And then when you decide to put, you know, one toe in the water, do it with a partner that's been there, done that, some type of mentor from day one, start with that. Especially because physicians have the money to do that, you know. So that it just makes more sense from a time point of view and risk point of view to do that. That's for basically any industry that you get into, you got to do that. All right. That's an awesome tip. Well, thanks so much for your time. Um, again, congrats on your success. This is awesome. No I problem. love this story. I'm sure people are going to learn from this. And thanks so much. Enjoy the show. Let me know by dropping a review in the podcast app you're listening to us in. And if you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe. Are you part of our community yet? Join thousands of physicians who are also on this journey to creating their ideal lives through multiple streams of income. You can join us on our Facebook group, Passive Income Docs, and you can always learn more at our website, PassiveIncomeMD.com. Thanks again for allowing me to be a part of your journey. See you next time.